0: resident in town, whether you're a child, you're under 75 or you're over 75 and you're never getting shot yet. you need to really take advantage of this opportunity that's in front of you.
1: This is Steve Sherlock with another Franklin Matters radio show number 463 in the series. This session of the radio show shares my talk Franklin conversation with town administrator Jamie Helen and marketing communication specialist Anne Marie Tracy. We had our conversation via conference bridge to adhere to the social distancing requirements of this pandemic period. Among the key topics we talk about, the vaccine distribution readiness of the town, the recent school committee Davis-Thayer decision, the stormwater discussion continues, got a preview of the town council meeting with the complete streets presentation and a possible discussion on the appointments for the community preservation committee. We also close out with the Hearts of Kindness, Hearts Are Now Hung on the Town Common, as well as a conversation around Think Franklin First and Project Envoy, both efforts to help the local restaurants and small businesses during this pandemic time. Links to the key topics covered here are included in the show notes. The recording runs around 35 minutes, so let's listen to my conversation with Jamie and Anne-Marie. All right, Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio. Anywhere on the internet at WFPR.fm and on the Franklin area dial at 102.9. This is another talk Franklin session with our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, happy Friday.
0: GIF, Steve. It's good stuff. Long weekend. Yes. And Anne-Marie Cold, Tracy joining
1: weekend. us. You've got a long weekend in school vacation as well.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> the kids will definitely be home for um the week for school vacation and um yeah it'll be it'll be nice to have a a couple extra days
1: well i know kind of one of the big topics you can't go almost anywhere with but you can at least give us the specifics around the vaccine and where we are because it is the topic these days we can't avoid it nor should we because it's the most important piece for us to get back to business
0: it's, you said it well, Steve, back to business. I mean, I say it all the time. I hope it's not annoying, but if we all want our kids back in school, if we all want to be safer, if we want our retailers to open our waitresses, waiters and bartenders to get back out um, to their shifts, uh, you know, we need to, we need to get the vaccine. And, you know, I think as of today uh, at the end of the week, you know, the state of Massachusetts has received, you know, somewhere in the order of about 1.3, 1.4 million doses. Um, they're eclipsing, I think, just about a million doses given. Uh, just yesterday, the governor did announce that about three quarters, just a little lower than three quarters of the vaccines the state of Massachusetts has received, has been administered. Um, and uh, you know, second doses have been starting to be given for obviously, you're in well in for a lot of healthcare workers Um, just this past week on Wednesday. In addition to next Wednesday, um, the first responders for the five towns um, that we're doing a consortium with will be getting their second round shots. So I think here we have a little bit of a transitionary moment where the phase one is now kind of truly phasing out here in the next couple of weeks in terms of healthcare workers, uh, rest homes, um, first responders, emergency personnel, um, and so that's really good news, right? I mean, that's yep. this is big progress. It's it's taken about a month or two, um, but we're we're there. And I know that there's a lot of frustration. No one's more frustrated than me about the uh, unpreparedness of the state uh, executive branch on having um, seemingly as if they just never thought about a distribution work network getting out to local communities. And and I feel somewhat bad. Just in the sense that I, I just never thought uh, last summer, um, you know, th- I never thought to ask the question: Is anybody working on this thing? Because um, you know, you just assume that they that every state, um, and particularly here in Massachusetts, there was a vaccine advisory board appointed by the governor very early on of um, industry experts uh, on vaccinations and public health. And um, you know, I, I think what's I think the frustration of the unpreparedness out of the gate is what's leading to a lot of the uh, political pressure difficulty and challenges for the governor today where on a day-to-day basis he's simply just reacting to um whatever is in his face every morning yeah. and i think um you know at the end of the day though i mean we we're, you know we are where we're at and you know the good news is is we are uh, we have vaccinated about a sixth of the state of massachusetts supply is clearly low from the federal government. I think when people see that Joe Biden has purchased 400 million doses and since he's been in office, um, people have to remind themselves those doses are not made. They're not sitting in a a refrigerator ready to be shipped.
1: Not yet, It's
0: it's not Amazon Prime.
3: Um,
0: They have to order them. They have to put the money down. The borrowing is there. The president's also going for COVID relief to help with vaccine relief. you know these are the only approved ones in the world so they're getting distributed to other countries and the flat reality is, is there's a lot of other countries buying our products because they were more prepared um, none uh, all that being said for the town of franklin's perspective we are proud to have held the, the two vaccination clinics for first responders for 200 people um, a day we estimate that we could probably do anywhere from five to 800 people uh, we keep on improving on this because we keep looking at the plans but Mm-hmm. Fire Chief really believes we can get into that five, seven hundred and fifty a day. And then when you get into a rhythm, um, people say, well, geez, we have a gym. It's an approved site. It's been successful. There's great press. Sure. Um, Milford Regional Hospital took note um, sure. and actually Kathy Liberty and Jim McLaughlin, our fire chief, have been working with them on their distribution plan. And they don't have any dopey. Um, And um, we're in a position where we're ready to go. We have a plan. We have 28 licensed paramedics that are able to dispense shots. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had the trial ones. When I mean if they showed up right now while we're on this radio interview, we'd be open tomorrow at 8 a.m. giving out shots to over 75 and and,
1: and I think one
0: of the difficulties with the whole thing is um, the state's in a different mindset right now. Uh, one of the benefits we do have is that we're located next to Gillette Stadium. And so we have to remind ourselves that there are other areas of the state, well far away from Eastview Mall and Springfield, Gillette Stadium and, and Fenway Park, um, that um, you know are are maturing every day, um, and that because we're so close to Gillette, you know it, it's my honest belief that here for the next several weeks at least, um, you know we're, we're going to be continued to be pushed towards Gillette, our citizens of Franklin. We 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 have ordered doses um, through our hundred a week ration. We've ordered three hundred so far, uh, one hundred each week for those over seventy-five, and we've ordered a hundred, uh, just over hundred for the housing authority, which was expanded in the uh, regulations a couple of weeks ago. We've ordered them, um, but uh, no ticket not shirt common. yet, right? <laughs> um, and it's Chief McLaughlin jokes. He goes every time a FedEx truck shows up in the parking lot outside the fire department, they all jump up. Mm. this might be the delivery sure uh, right but but you know i i think in an honest assessment this week the governor announced there'd be an additional clinic opening up in a couple weeks at natick mall and then at the end of the month at a former circuit city uh vacant building in dartmouth mass uh this week he was in danvers to open up a hotel and if you really look at the and this is something i hope a lot of franklin residents you know really take to heart is I think when you look at the big scheme of it the size and scope of what this is as a vaccination program, you know they're clearly investing in some sites that they think can continue to grow into places that um, can dispense thousands and thousands and thousands of doses a day. Um, you know, um, you know the progress the state is making is it certainly is certainly uh, positive to see. I think everybody knows they're behind, but you know, yelling and screaming about it probably isn't gonna help. Um, the best advice I can give every Franklin resident as of Friday here before the holiday weekend and probably for the next couple of weeks is every resident in town, whether you're a child, you're under 75, or you're over 75, you're never getting shot yet. You need to really take advantage of this opportunity that's in front of you. That if you're a veteran and you're a teacher, you need to fill out the survey from the superintendent and be able to get in touch with the VA. If you're a caregiver, and even if you're perfectly healthy and you're helping your grandma, your grandfather, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, anyone over the age of 75, no matter how ill, high risk or low risk they are, you need to take advantage of that now. You cannot wait. You have to do it. There's there's thousands of appointments open right now at Gillette Stadium. Mm-hmm. The governor spoke to this yesterday, and I think it's really important, Steve, and Emery's heard me a couple times this morning on this, but it bears repeating. We can all get into the political food fight of who's most at risk and who's most important. But at the end of the day, right now, the governor is looking at literally tens and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of folks over the age of 75, who is, who still have not been engaged with
3: mm-hmm. to get their shots. Right.
0: And as the governor, our governor really hit me yesterday with, with a footnote and it's true in Franklin at Folks over the age of 75, there's a reason why the median age of mortality for this whole pandemic is 82 to 84, 80 years old. Because even in Franklin, we've had approximately 40 deaths due to COVID in the last year. Again, some obviously at the rest homes and some of the assisted care facilities, many. the
3: A quarter
0: of those individuals are over the age of 90. And almost all of them, but about five or six, have been over the age of 80. Mm -hmm. So he's he's ultimately doing this not to leapfrog and and politicize it and say you're more important. He's trying to incentivize the silent generation to not do what the silent generation is famous for doing, which is stepping back, stepping back and caring for their kids and their grandkids. Mm -hmm. I've seen this in my own personal family. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, my grandmother, my dad, aunt, great aunts, uncles, they've all you know What, Jane? You know, you're more important. Why mm-hmm. don't you just go get it? You know, I'm home. I'm safe. You know, everything's fine. I got books, you know, I, you know, every, I got my visits down. Everyone's set up a Zoom. So a lot of that generation is happy. But they're not communicating with people. And that's obviously a direct correlation with the governor's faux pas on just online, getting the phone number up late. But because of this, we've we've created a very deep distance. Where I think if he feels we move on, those folks will never get back into the realm, and they'll never get their shots until maybe they get called from their primary care physician, or maybe later this summer. And and so I have to give him credit on that. Um, I think I've already heard dozens of stories of people getting getting um, those that age group already starting to communicate with their with their daughters and sons and mm-hmm. grandkids, right. because now they feel like they are they feel better and more comfortable that their grandkid is now going to be safe, too. And people can get into the hierarchy and who's more important. Yeah. But I have to say, I thought the governor made a fairly articulate argument for this. And we're encouraging every Franklin resident. And Marie heard it on the department heads meeting. Um, You know, we're encouraging all staff members, everybody, to to call their loved ones that are over the age of 75 um, you know, and um, and make sure things together, you know, over the next several weeks. Like I said, there are literally thousands and thousands of appointments right now online at Gillette over the next few weeks for people to schedule. And by the way, one more footnote, Steve, if you've already had your, if you were, if you were the early bird who got the worm <laughs> and you signed up your loved one and you were a caregiver and you signed up your loved one the first, Three weeks ago and you already went down and got that shot and your your loved one who's over 75 has an appointment right now for their second dose mm-hmm. in the next several weeks again we are encouraging those children and grandchildren to go get their first shot with their care the individual who's getting their second the commonwealth is allowing that I know it seems like something strange. Like I should be on the, the radio, Steve saying, Oh, we <laughs> should do teachers first. We should do as first. I, I I'm a full, all for that. But right now that's not allowed under state guidance and it's Perhaps. not close. So if you are a teacher that has a loved one over 75, call them up, coordinate, look at your let's stand, go on the website, take advantage of this opportunity because you know, we just don't know what the future really looks like over the next month or two. And there's certainly no assurance that over 65 is going to be any easier. And, um, and then we get to the teachers and the next group after that. We're looking at April. You know, I think you're looking at more of an April vacation. I mean, I'm speculating right now, but you're looking at April vacation uh, of getting it more expanded out past people over 65. So mm. I'm really encouraging people to take advantage of this opportunity. I really, truly believe it's, it's the best thing for Franklin residents. It's the best thing for for anybody in Massachusetts right now to try to do the best they
3: can for their own family.
2: And we have um, on the website on if you go to the uh, franklinma.gov, there's a red bar there links right to the vaccination information portal on there. There are links to not only the Gillette site, but links to the Mass.gov site, links to lots of different ways that you could sign up for appointments statewide, find what's available. Um, this information on the caregiver's option posted online. Uh, so we're hoping that people will visit it and find out everything that they need to know to figure out if they are eligible and then how to move forward.
0: And we're even trying, we even put up today, Anne-Marie found the website from the um, the mom who's at maternity leave in Arlington. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, that's know, up there I mean, too. <laughs> look, I, mean, I mean, these are options, Steve. Sure. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're options. For some people, the state site may work. Uh, for others, this is, in my opinion, a far more superior website to navigate. But, you know, we just got to give everybody the options they need. And we're really encouraging everybody Absolutely. to do that. Aaron yeah, Rodgers and introduce- in the senior centers are doing a great job doing outreach to seniors in town. She has lists, by the way. People have been calling, putting themselves on the list. Right. People have calling back, taking themselves off the list. But um, they're helping people. Our seniors in town, they're helping them literally set up their appointments for them um so feel free to call this the, the uh, town senior center in to any of the staff it's been all hands on deck and uh, you know we're ready to go at the local level we have a plan we're, we're ready to rock but this is the best advice i can give to everybody frankly right
1: yep we were ready uh to your point and from our prior discussion we'll certainly remind folks franklin had the plan in advance we were ready um before the state was apparently at this point but um that it's... doesn't matter we're here and ready when we get it we can go <laughs> Um, but yeah, from a practical standpoint, the 75 plus, uh, I agree with the compare, uh, caregiver option because many of them have transportation difficulties too, or at that's least true. concerns about that. So by allowing at least somebody to get that transportation rather than public, which is a whole other issue, um, that's, that's a good thing to do. So
0: it is. And they're making improvements at Gillette stadium every day. Um, you know, I can. I won't tell the whole story, but I can speak to one story of an indig- individual who did get lost or didn't get their card for their second shot on the way out. Had to go back in. Um, I think Gillette's making the right move, and um, and uh, you know they're just honing the process every day. And I can foresee a, a scenario that in a couple months, um, Gillette is the is the venue to vaccinate the, the the vast majority of people in our in our area. Really yeah,
1: for sure. So the other piece, at least in terms of a recent current event uh, and while the school committee made one decision, there's still more coming, but Davis Thayer apparently will be coming to at least the building of Davis. Thayer will be coming to the town control at some point. Yeah,
0: it looks that way. I mean, I, you know, I could just take a quick, um, you know, kudos to the school committee. It's a, it's a, this is a hard, emotional debate. You know, yeah, Davis there's a beautiful building and. A lot of uh, good to see the Castle Booze study. Um, rated it as a you know well maintained building. I think the town and the, and the facilities department, but by like D'Angelo and staff, have done a great job maintaining a building over the years. I think I think at the end of the day, I think the facts clearly are on the table about a myriad of issues um, about uh, declining enrollment, town finances, school finances, but. Um, also, uh, what I was proud to see was the renovation costs of Davis there, um, you know, uh, folks in town have proposed ideas revolving around Davis there, even before I, I even got to Franklin six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the people, you know, this is my job, but people, you know, fail in their ideas to recognize how much all these ideas cost.
1: Yes, and when you're
0: looking at 20 to 30 million for various renovations 678 for ADA compliance, these are hard decisions the community is gonna have to wrestle with. Um, so the school committee, um, you know, at, at some point, I, I presume, um, will consider a, a motion or a, a initiative to declare the uh, property uh, surplus. And, um, and so by way of state law, how that happens is the school district needs to declare a property surplus, and then um, that actually transfers over at the Registry of Deeds um, to the Town of Franklin. Um, this is not going to be cutting-edge stuff. Um, ultimately, if, if the school committee did decide to do that, um, you know, I would recommend to the Town Council to set up the Davis Thayer Reuse Committee um, to go through the exercise, which, which is not short, it will be long, about what the potential options are that are out there. And um, I've been through these committees in other towns that I work for. Um, they can sometimes take three to five years to, to get to their conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen other districts wait well in excess of a decade. Um, you know, I think the challenges with Davis Thayer from a facility standpoint, and just to remind the, the listeners um the, the Davis Thayer uh, facilities budget is actually under the town administrators uh, purview. Um, the cost for electricity, plumbing, custodial, cleaning, maintenance supplies, gas, electricity, all the maintenance, uh, upkeep, capital, uh, the ball fields, um, you know, the DPW does them. All those costs are actually outside the school department budget. They're actually in the town administrators uh, portion of the budget and facilities department. Um, you know, um, you know, eventually there's going to be a reuse committee and they'll have to decide um, you know what the pluses and minuses are of each proposal and each idea and, and I would expect a, a reuse committee um, would be the logical step to make sure that they uh, also look at other what other towns have done um, mm-hmm. on school buildings around this age sure. this design um, so congratulations to them I know it's a very emotional and difficult debate for many years and um, you know they've gotten one project done and now the next question will be whether they declared surplus and, if so, I mean
2: that would be my recommendation
1: to the, uh, the council. Yeah, there's any number of options uh, the town has, you know. Whether and I've heard from others in terms of kind of a community center, arts center, um, certainly in a parallel to the Winter Street and more more affordable housing potential. I mean, what we won't solve it here, but yeah, the uh, loss, use committee I've will heard. figure it
0: out. Artists, somebody gave a great idea of artists' loss. Sure which yeah. from a downtown revitalization perspective is a, yeah. is a great, is a, is a tremendous idea. Uh, we've heard about, you know, and then you're going to get into the debate too, Steve, the really sensitive one, whether to knock it down right. or not, you right. build something on top of it. Uh, sure. There's some people that feel in the community different ways, but that's yep. why you put a reuse committee, I think together. Absolutely. To vet that out and to work with Mike D'Angelo on what the facts are about what um, these various options will cost the town. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So discussion continuing on that, for sure, as we go forward Um, and looking back to the uh, February 3rd meeting of the town council, one of the discussions that's, you know, continued there and will be continuing is the uh, ongoing stormwater and the proposal around the utility fee.
0: Yep. The stormwater debate continues. Uh, Quick plug to everybody out there. Just go to franklinma.gov, scroll down to the bottom on your mobile phone, you'll see the stormwater link right there. you know, we, we, even myself and the DPW director, share the council's view um, on the unfunded federal mandate, the absurdity of this, and the timing of it, um, as well as even questioning some of the objectives. You know, we sued the EPA over this and, and one uh, At least a, got got a few scars on their body. Uh, it's hard to beat Goliath in that uh, fully, but uh, we did. We did make some concessions for lost. sure. Um, You know, we've taken the fight as deep as we can. I think what uh, folks right now should do is really familiarize themselves with that website, what stormwater is, what the problem is, what how we're trying to solve it. Uh, There's a link on that to your personal property about how much impervious surface and estimated how much it would cost you. Um, The proposal from the ad hoc committee was $18.66 per billing unit, which for most uh, postage stamp lots of Franklin, that's about what you would pay um, it's equity based, so those that have five acres of asphalt pay more than the resident on Pond Street that's got a thousand square feet of their driveway and home, and that's mm-hmm. all they got. Yep. Um, so um, you know it's a complicated issue. Um, I expect the next little year of stormwater is likely in the in the um, town administrative budget, and they'll be in April and May, and there'll be a, a fairly dense discussion, I would assume, on stormwater at that time. So. Yep. otherwise i don't think we'll we'll we'll, we won't bore everybody yet on all the details of but they should go check
1: out that we'll give them the teaser and the reminder if they haven't checked it out go (laughs) check it out because yeah the discussion is continuing and they certainly should make sure they're aware of it before getting surprised at some point in time down the road
2: (laughs) the other thing they can find out on there is um how to order a rain barrel so they're uh that is an option um, on the stormwater page. We have one at my house and they're open um, to order new ones and have them delivered since spring. And it's a mitigating factor and reusing the water that comes off your roof. So just something for people to be aware of.
1: Mm-hmm, certainly. And then setting up from town council from last time, uh, You, we've got another meeting coming up this Wednesday and a couple of topics i believe are coming up to that that you were teasing before and can, t- can further tease us about to listen to
0: Yeah we get some good ones coming up actually um be a discussion on complete streets which is a state program uh, we hope to get some action out of the council and the planning board on this year there was um, there was a goal of the council and, and the town administrators this year and It's really about trying to bring uh, a greater awareness and planning to the um, networks of transportation throughout a community, not just uh, traffic, but um, including crosswalks, pedestrian friendliness, sidewalks, bike lanes, trails. And ultimately my idea and and vision is to try to create our own Emerald Necklace in Franklin um, or our own Freedom Trail where you've kind of got this interconnected network of historic sites, trails, open spaces, ball fields, downtown, um, you know, streetscapes, Um, you know, this is the the right time to get involved in this. If you look Mm -hmm. out 20 years, clearly younger families want a lot of these amenities and and, um, it's a great thing. It's good for health. It's good for a lot of different byproducts. Um, And traditionally, we haven't really looked at this stuff in Franklin very much. Um, but I think now's the time, and so we'll have a conversation with the council about uh, about what it is. And, and so anybody out there that's uh, familiar with this, there's a lot of stakeholders that have emailed me about this over the years including the Bellingham Rail Trail and, and many others Dean college. Hopefully we'll get a good attendance for that discussion. And then um, another thing that is likely to come up, it will be on the agenda, uh, are the appointments to the Community Preservation Committee. Um, Chrissy is in the unenviable task right now, with our assistant to the TA, uh, of getting in touch with the uh, in excess of third, almost three dozen candidates uh, that applied in one way or another. Um, so it was a healthy
1: response. That's good to it's see. A,
0: more than a healthy response. Um, I've got enough volunteers for boards and committees now for hopefully the next year.
1: <laughs> oh good. Um,
0: and that's sometimes why we do this, right? Is we have kind of a reservoir of talent ready to go. Sure. Um, and uh, a lot of qualified people a lot of great applicants uh, but she we will hopefully have a memo out formally with all the mm-hmm. nominations on tuesday once she's able to get in touch with everybody and make sure that the nominees can all make the meeting on wednesday um and so we hope to do that which will get that uh excuse me which is the next step in the community preservation implementation so correct Be a fun meeting we got some odds and ends on stop signs and donations and we're borrowing a a little money for a fire truck in advance of capital and some other you know, tidbits. But I think those are probably the two things that most people would be uh, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And as we've talked in prior sessions, the community preservation committee, getting them appointed and settled, um, they need to get their act together, literally, <laughs> no pun on the community preservation act, but <laughs> get their formational process done and then go through their training and then start Evaluating potential projects. Um, yep. the money's not coming until what, 2023, but you know, we gotta start planning for it. It's not gonna all of a sudden go somewhere without planning. So
0: no, it's gonna take a little while, I think. And you know, I mean, you know, as I've said, you know this, Steve. I mean, I mean, you know, I worked on community preservation as my first job in my career. Yeah. Uh I know a lot about it. Our town attorney's the chair of his CPC committee for twelve years that way. Mm-hmm. Stuart Saginaw, Community Preservation Coalition, uh, and a lot of the local uh, individuals who are huge advocates of open space and, you know, folks like Council at Pelligree who have been involved in historic preservation for a long time, and um, you know, folks like Council Pfeffer, you know, school community members of Pfeffer have been advocates for affordable housing for a long time. So there's a lot of capacity in town too. Um, you know, there's not going to be anywhere near as much money as demand. There. But that's the committee's job—is to ultimately get on a path to how they want to do this over the long haul and how they want to spend money.
1: And Anne Marie, I saw some decorations along the town common. The hearts of kindness have all of a sudden reappeared. <laughs> the annual—they made their annual appearance.
2: Yes, they're back. They're back on the common. Um, it was a. Uh, this is such a fun project. I have. To, I, I was really pleasantly surprised when I reached out to the uh, contacts for the hearts of kindness because you know with everything going on in the schools with remote with hybrid I wasn't sure you know and if people were going to have the time um, or the energy or just the ability to make this happen and I was met with a overwhelming response of absolutely we are in we love doing this we love doing it with the kids we love you know the community's response so um, we hung about Thousands, I can't count them all, <laughs> of uh, handmade hearts on the common. Um, we did it on Wednesday, and the, the hearts come from not only the schools, but also uh, some community groups, FSPA sent some in. Um, we had some other groups in town who had their, their kids uh, create hearts and, and include it in the, in the display. Um, and it's just, been, it's just been great to read the little messages that the kids mm. write. Um, it's a really warm... Um, it just gives you a warm feeling when you see just the little kid handwriting. <laughs> and, um, it's just, you know, I think everyone really enjoys it. Um, I have to give a shout out to the Franklin High School Community Service Club kids who trudged through the snow with me on the common mm-hmm. to hang them all up. Um, last year, it was, uh, we had a clean slate. There was no snow, so it was definitely a lot, uh, a little chillier this year, but um I hope it puts a smile on people's faces when they drive by or, you know, there's a lot of people out there walking, walking their dogs and, um, you know, take a minute to read the messages and it'll definitely give you a little bit of a boost.
1: Yeah. I've always, the time commons, one of my go-to points for walking. Now it's an extra excuse. So that when I was out there yesterday, uh, there was a couple who had because of the wind got blown off. So I was able to pick them up, clip them back on, make sure that they were all okay. So yeah, it's it's a nice sight, and then of course with the whiteness of the common with the snow, and then the colors, it's it's a very pretty picture at at this time. So
2: it looks it looks beautiful, and uh, even when we were out hanging them up, we had lots of people stop and ask about it. What are these from? You know, what's the what's the story behind it? So we got to share with um you know a few people walking around the common during our uh, during our hanging up.
1: And then uh, another piece, certainly with the most recent announcement around uh, the COVID protocols. The restaurants are getting an expansion in capacity, which ties nicely, I think, with a couple of things that we've talked uh, since before the holidays around the Think Franklin first and the gift cards and now in in the beginning of February, the Project Envoy has started. So it's coming together nicely. to help the local restaurants and help the food pantry as well.
2: Yeah, it's a great um, you know combination of things all happening at once. Uh, with the increase in capacity that uh, started on the 8th um, you know that's kind of just a great thing for our, our restaurants and, and other venues in town. And then I um, think Franklin first gift cards are still selling strong. We have we get you know people buying them both at Dean and online. And we're really thrilled uh, at the response that we've gotten. Um, we actually just got some new gift card sleeves uh, donated by uh, Allegra. So if anybody wants to pick one up, we have these pretty new sleeves with a bow on them. Um, so thank you to Allegra for supporting us. Uh, but then when you think about Project Envoy too, which is a fantastic program um, you know, happening in town, just uh, supporting our restaurants right now, we all know how important it is. We all know what they, you know, they need it and, um, and to see them turning around and then supporting our um, food pantry. It's just a wonderful sort of domino effect of good happening in Franklin. So with the um, capacity levels going up a little bit, you know, we, we hope that people will find a way to support our, our local businesses, however you're comfortable, you know, if you're comfortable going out, if you'd rather get takeout, but um, you know, check out Project Envoy online and and see uh, the options of places and, and maybe target them to uh, help be part of the give back and check out Think Franklin first. If you have a gift card out there that you haven't spent, um, you know, it's a great weekend, a long weekend to maybe get out there and mm-hmm. do some shopping, go grab dinner. There's so many places you can go with it um, to redeem. So uh, a lot of great positive things happening here and just trying to support everybody in town the best, the best that we can.
3: But,
0: uh, just- I actually went out uh, two weeks ago and used all, I had two gift cards. Uh, one was, Um and uh and use both of them. And then of course on the way out from where we were at, uh, which would be a surprise, then my wife decided to buy something else on the way out the door. Um, and so you know, we just we make that additional little plug, right, Emory? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you don't have to spend exactly a hundred dollars, you know, going to one twenty or one thirty is good too, right? A few more bucks out of people's buckets.
2: I actually ran into Steve, both of us, uh, you know, he was grabbing takeout. I was having uh, some dinner with my husband at um, yep. at a local restaurant. So we ran into one another. So there's, right. um, you know, there's a lot of great stuff happening out
1: there. Yeah. Right. I think going back to the Think Franklin first cards, you added at least a business recently. So the list has changed since people have, may have first heard about it. So go back and check the list and see if somebody else is on it.
2: Absolutely, and we're still actually had somebody reach out to me today uh, to to be added onto it. Um, especially some of the businesses that are maybe a little bit more seasonal, who mm-hmm. um, you know some of our local CSAs, farms. Um, that's who I'm starting to see people who might be opening up again in April, or places who you know have maybe done a temporary shutdown are now expressing interest. So the the list is always changing. um So definitely check out online and and see the current one.
1: Yeah, at least. Uh audibly say the uh, Project Envoy calendar, you can find at franklinfoodpantry.org. There's a nice link there that'll give you the calendar for February. Marches will be out there and then they'll continue it in April as well, at least at this point. So those are the links available. They'll also be in the show notes, but uh, to at least mention for the listeners, because we appreciate their listening. Anything else to add as we kind of close out for this particular section of talk, Franklin?
0: wish sure everybody a happy long weekend for those that have it and a uh, great school vacation for those that uh, are
1: on it. Indeed. Enjoy it in any which way you can. Be safe, be social, at a distance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your Edward
0: R. Murrow moment, Steve. You know, like, <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs>
1: We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.